Welcome to Innovate for Impact, an informative mini-series brought to you by Tanya Gomez Consulting. In this series, we embark on a journey to explore the remarkable innovations that are shaping the landscape of the NGIS for a more inclusive future. Join us as we uncover inspiring stories of visionary individuals, organisations and technologies that are revolutionising the way we approach disabilities. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Innovate for Impact. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Jade Bergman from Wheel Nuts Garage. Welcome, Jade. It's so lovely to have you here. Thank you. So I'm really interested in what you're doing. Can you walk me through what Wheel Nuts Garage is and what it is that you do in the disability space? Yeah, so Wheel Nuts Garage, we are simply a disability provider. However, we look and sound and smell different to most others. So we run automotive garages and we're all things automotive. So activities could be from basic learning basic mechanics through to more complex rebuilds and vehicle restorations. Um, you know, we, we dabble in the old school of bush mechanics all the way through to high tech, kind of the, the future of automotive. So we're embracing software and, and that kind of thing. Um, through to safe driver training through a number of our simulators. So we really are just um, a large group of people who all have the same love and interest, and that is all things cars and automotives and car racing and anything to do with cars. There's just an awful lot of us who happen to have a disability, um, and that is participants who choose to use their NDIS funding to be part of it, And then we've got a large number of staff who also have disabilities um, and and cars and automotives is their passion. Mm, That's really interesting. So when you say they use their NDIS plan to fund this, what is it funded under? So we can fund it under core or capacity and it largely is determined by the reasons for which they're here. It's also largely determined by how their um, packages have been assembled Um, by the NDIS. We've got an awful lot of people who love the social aspect of the garage and so they're really just here to be part of a social environment, to connect with others, to create some friendships. And so they use their core funding, their social and community access funds. And then we've got another group of people who will use their capacity funding and some of that might be finding and keeping a job. So they're, they're particularly focused on learning some Um, some industry skills and attaining some knowledge and some connections for further training and employment. Or we have a small amount of people who come here, cars and automotives is their love, but there are particular areas in their life that they're probably working with an allied health um, partner with, and we can help further develop that. So we often say that it's the cars that gets the people here, but that's not really why, you know, that's not really the outcome. The outcomes is the the skill development, the social connections, you know, we're often developing and and, um, redefining strategies to help people engage with activities that aren't necessarily seen elsewhere in their life. You know, we we run the garage very much as a business. So... um, the way people are expected to behave and relate with each other is expected to be respectful and, and to some degree professional. 
Um, and, you know, it's a very different context to which you would often see people, um, people's behaviour, whether it be in a schoolyard or at home or elsewhere. Hmm. And so this isn't disability employment as such. They're not they're not paid to as mechanics to do up the cars and your clients are your pay, you know, there are clients who bring their cars in. This is really around the social connection and building their capacity. Correct. Yeah. It, it's not disability employment. We do have, um, I guess, a program, for want of a better word, where we are supporting people in their skill development and their training for them to be in a, a more positive position for open employment. And we certainly have lots of connections with the industry and, and motor traders and other peak bodies, which are helping us develop those employment pathways. Um, but we also, yeah. we don't have paying customers that bring their cars in either. It was a decision from the very beginning that um, that would shift the focus of priority. You know, we're, we're now no longer focusing on our participants and we'd be needing to meet the deadlines and the expectations of paying customers. So um, all the cars and the vehicles that um, the crew work on are all projects that we've purchased. Mm, wonderful. Um, and what is your personal background in the sector? How did you arrive at this idea and how did you know where, where did this come from? Um, yeah, so I've um, I've been a social worker for 25 years. Um, I've worked in the, the disability sector uh, for about 15 of those. So I was managing a large disability service in Melbourne at the time that the trial site was rolled out in Geelong. So was on the ground kind of witnessing what was the hope of the new future and, um, you know, part of how the NDIS was rolled out and how it was, um, you know, explained to people. And um, so in that time, I've since worked in the NDIS space in Victoria, then went and spent a couple of years in the Kimberley, also engaged in, in the disability space and now back home in Brisbane. So that's, I guess, my professional involvement, my personal involvement, um, Look, I, I, as a child, my father um, was a significant influence on me, both business-wise, but he was also um, raced cars. Um, so he had this love and competitiveness in a car racing space. So both of those things were a huge influence for me. So um, four years ago when my partner and I were in the fortunate position where we were um, financially stable, um, had the resources available to us and in a position where we could almost start again um, professionally and we could just design what we wanted our professional future to look like. It was a case of just combining everything we love, both professionally and personally. So he loves racing. I've got the disability background. We both love four-wheel driving and camping. So it was a case of... Um, bringing everything together for the two of us and just um, yeah, crafting, I guess, a future um, where we can spend the amount of time you typically would at your job, um, but it'd be one where you really had, we had, you know, complete control around what it would look like. Um, it's very much a family business, so there are three adult children involved as well. So um, it was a case of providing us an opportunity to combine the personal and the professional. Mm, wonderful. Um, that's really so. 
it really has brought together your passion and your professional life together into into something that is really quite innovative because I understand this is the the first garage of its kind in Australia. Yeah, um, to our surprise, um, we don't feel like we've done anything particularly creative. Um, it, it really was just a you know a conversation sitting on the lounge one night with a glass of wine and you know let's throw around some ideas. What do we love to do? Um, and and out of that came Wheelnuts. And yeah, to our surprise, we found that there was no one else in Australia doing anything like it. Um, we we know of others that have attempted to get something similar up and going. It's um, incredibly expensive, as you can imagine. The upfront capital required is quite significant. And you certainly don't go into this kind of business if you're wanting to make any kind of money. Um, you know, the, the NDIS is priced at a particular point, but not necessarily for innovation. So it certainly doesn't cover yeah. the costs in some way. And we're needing to get creative and, um, again, just do a few kind of activities around the edges um, to keep it financially sustainable. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I imagine it would be quite a heavy investment. Um, in in a previous career of mine, I worked in registered training organisations, and I, I helped establish a trade school in Melbourne for um, for an apprenticeship centre. Um, and it was, you know, hugely expensive, but you know, very very worthwhile. And obviously, they're a corporate business that was able to profit off that, so it made sense. I guess the investment that you're making here, not necessarily with the pricing guide numbers, going to pay that back and and make a large amount of profit, but it's it doesn't seem like that's the intention. The intention is to do something that you're really passionate about and you know serve with your skills. Yeah, correct, and that was exactly the point. You know, we we were both you know already working significant hours in, in quite you know, um, high management jobs. And so there was a case to dedicate those hours to something that we actually really are passionate about and something we actually enjoy doing and um, still get the same, you know, feel good at the end of the week. Um, you know, certainly not pulling the wage we both used to, but that that was irrelevant. Um, we also really quickly yeah. realised that whilst we, you know, spending an awful amount of time and energy in building the skills and capacities of individuals. We've also got an industry that needs a lot of help to build its capacity to welcome those individuals into their workplaces. So there's an awful lot of energy that goes into building the relationships with the automotive industry, finding opportunities to help them to be more inclusive. And the financial benefits to that will flow eventually. You know, we've, um, whilst it wasn't by design, we've kind of found ourselves in a bit of a position where we are to some degree the go-to for an automotive industry, just wanting some additional support and, and some advice around how to be more inclusive. Um, and, you know, with that comes other potential avenue streams for us. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's amazing. So I guess we've talked about why more people aren't doing this, but do you think that there is a case for further innovation in this space? What would you like to see in an ideal world? Would you like to have a, a garage in every state? Would you like, where do you see this going and what what's the opportunity here for this model that seems to be working really well for you? 
Look, there's um, there's an awful lot that can be done. We we are often reflective around where we've kind of started and, and where we've found ourselves four years down the track, and um, we are diligent around both reminding ourselves and our staff how important it is that as a service we're we're treating people with a level of respect you would see anywhere else and we've got an awful lot of young men engaged in our programs and so there's lots of conversations around us not falling into that trap of um, you know, treating them like 13-year-olds constantly looking for something to do on a school holiday. You know, where the service and the programs we're providing need to be meaningful. Um, so there's, you know, I, think, I think we still have some challenges in the sector where the NDIS um, was and is an opportunity for people to do things differently, to, to look at service provision differently. Um, I don't think we're there yet. We've got an awful long way to go to move away from those very traditional ideas around, um, you know, group programs and day programs. And, you know, there's a lot of services I feel still providing the the same old thing they were 15 years ago. And um, I think we've got a long way to go to challenge that. Um, We've, found a model that works. It's a model that could almost be applied to any trade. Um, you know, we could do something similar, um, you know, in a bakery. Um, it's not rocket science, um, but the intent is very clear. Our values are very clear. We're rock solid around what it is we're trying to achieve. Um, and I think I'd like to think that we, to some degree, providing some inspiration for others to be looking differently at what it is they can actually be providing in the space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I guess applying it to other trades is a great idea um, because it, it is that meaningful. And I guess that that really is the essence of what the NDIS is about. It's about having helping people have the same opportunities for employment, community participation and education. And what you're doing is is really like that. It, it kind of reminds me of um, programs that that uh, I'm a teacher by background, so we used to run quite a lot of programs for um, for for teenagers in in certain socioeconomic areas, so that they wouldn't go and do uh, to do things that were you know not socially acceptable. And we created all of these programs to try and keep them engaged. And they were, they had to be meaningful. They had to be based on interest. They had to be age appropriate. They had to, all of those things had to be in place to engage youth. And I think, you know, it, it's it's probably the same for you. It's, it's really using their interest, their passion, building those skills. Um, and I really liked what you said about not just finding them something to do, but actually getting outcomes and actually doing things that are going to progress. Um, because, yeah, I think you're right. A lot of the day programs still are, um, you know, below par, I suppose. I don't want to, I don't want to have too much of a commentary on it, um, but there's definitely room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, at the end of the day, we couldn't live with ourselves if we, you know, um, funneled all our time, energy, money into something that was, um, you know, it wasn't going to produce great outcomes. You know, in the end, we want to go home at the end of the day with our heads held high, um, feeling good about ourselves as well. 
Um, and our staff also, you know, um, we are, and I mentioned we're a family business, we're also, you know, our staff are, are very much um, choose to come here because there's flexibility around how they can also meet their obligations at home. But, you know, it's it's not uncommon to have, you know, a spouse or a child or a grandchild of, of staff, you know, just come into the garage as well. And so for people to be spending so much of their time here, we want them to feel like that they're doing something great and something worthwhile also. Yeah. So what are your future goals for your organisation? What What's next for you? Um, good question. <laughs> um, look, we... We continue to grow. Um, we do so quite deliberately um, and with an awful lot of consideration. We're very mindful that, um, you know, with growth comes a whole lot of risks in regards to, you know, um, starting to diminish the quality of service and, and the quality of our programs. Um, we're also really mindful that, you know, at, at, we want to have a, a service that's sustainable. So um, my partner and I, Gavin, we, we won't be working in this business. We'd like to retire one day. So we've left behind something that um, has some strength behind it as far as its procedures and its processes and, and we've built a culture that can sustain us not needing to be here. Um, we... In the immediate future, we're just about to open a tech hub. So, you know, that the future of automotives is very much based in technology. And again, that very much aligns nicely with, you know, a lot of the, the interests and the passions that our participants have, particularly in the gaming space and, and um, you know, their use of technology. So we're about to open a tech hub um, that will complement everything that happens here in the garage. Um, beyond then, we don't know. Um, we, we're constantly needing to remind ourselves to, I guess it's an awful expression, but to stay in our lane. You know, we, we know yeah. what we do well um, and it's incredibly easy to step into things we don't know particularly well. Um, and, again, it just, you know, the risk in that is we start to provide services that, you know, aren't the quality that we would expect. So um, it is an ongoing conversation around where to next and how big do we go and, you know, what are the risks associated with that. And at the end of the day, we, we don't want any kind of enormous empire. Um, this was always, um, it was always going to be something that was contained, was deliberate um, but was exceptional quality. So if we continue to remind ourselves around that, that to some degree will provide some natural boundaries for us. So um, look, we've we've looked interstate. We've had an awful lot of um, calls from other states. Um, there is a you know significant pool. Well, there's there's a significant need all over the country for this kind of service. Again, it's really difficult to create the culture we want and we need for it to be a quality service without us being present. So, again, just needing to be mindful. If we can establish ourselves as, a, as an example um, of good practice and inspire others to maybe do the same, 
Um, maybe that maybe that's our future. Our future is really just around supporting others to start doing similar things. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. Um, with sorry, um, so with inspiring other people, if there are other people who are interested in a model like this, maybe it's not mechanics, maybe it is a bakery. Um, what can they reach out to you? Are you happy to share information and talk to them about your journey and I guess the things that have done, gone really well and what hasn't worked so that I guess they kind of can learn from some of your mistakes as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Look, um, as I said, we didn't go into this for, for the financials. We went into this because we wanted to um, create something that would make a difference, um, that something worthwhile that we would put our time and energy into. Um, and we've found that, you know, there is a significant need and we've got an awful lot of um, young and old people who um, are part of our program and their extended family who have seen some significant benefits from their involvement here. If we can share the love, um, absolutely happy for people to reach out and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty blunt when it comes to, you know, sharing what's worked and what hasn't. There's no point, um, you know, hiding any of that information. There's no benefit to me. Um, so, yeah, more than welcome for people to contact me. And what's the best way for them to get in touch? Look, probably via email. Um, so um, we've got an admin at wheelnutsgarage.com email. Um, I tend to be on that more than anything else. Um, I'm pretty terrible with the phone, so um, it's more often on silent than I realise. Um, so I'm not particularly reliable on the phone, but definitely via email. Yeah, wonderful. I've really enjoyed talking to you today and finding out more about your wonderful initiative. Thank you so much for joining me. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention before um, before we wrap up? Um, look, only if, you know, there is somebody in the, the Brisbane area and they're interested, they're more than welcome to pop down. Our Logan Garage operates Monday to Friday. Um, they're a really friendly bunch. Um, you know, if you're in the area, we, we welcome people to just come down and have a look. You know, we're often talking about an automotive garage and it's not until somebody comes down and they look at it and they go, yeah, it's just an automotive garage. And it is, but there are some small, um, you know, some small changes that we've made. Um, you know, our lunchroom outside of the, the lunch hour is turns into a sensory space. And so we've got a few very small, cheap, off-the-shelf bits of equipment in there to allow that to happen. So they're just small ideas that we've adopted into what is an industrial space for it to be more welcoming and more inclusive, particularly for people on the spectrum and, and those with some sensory challenges. And, um, yeah, more than welcome for anyone to drop in and have a look and say good day and, you know, ask a few questions. Yeah, that's amazing. I'll have to come and check it out next time I'm in Brisbane. I think it just sounds extraordinary. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do in the future and, and how many people you help inspire. Fabulous. Thanks, Tanya. No worries. Talk to you soon. On the next episode of Innovate for Impact. Delivering direct support services. Uh, for some time and then we have noticed that those people for a housing and a housing mall uh, for people with disability and we thought you know, by having a conversation 
and developers having conversation with our stakeholders as well as the performers have come with this model a housing package for participants. Thank you for joining us on another enlightening episode of Innovate for Impact. Stay tuned for more thought-provoking conversations and innovative ideas that drive positive change within the NDIS space. Remember, together we're shaping a future where innovation and impact go hand in hand. Thank you.